1: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another episode of Bad Language. Oh yeah, and this is a really satisfying episode for me because it talks about a game coming up, the very first Bad Language that is actually talking about football action for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, if you're a fan of BTSC or if you're just discovering it for the first time, you know darn well that you get all of your Pittsburgh Steeler news, all the happenings, all the breaking stuff, all the breakdowns of film, all the controversy, all the injuries, all the fun here at BTSC, whether it's on the editorial side or whether you are checking this out on the podcast side like you are right now. So make sure you check out BTSC, not just your one-stop shop it is your non-stop shop for everything and i mean everything pittsburgh steelers lots of great stuff happened over the weekend go ahead and check it out on btsc so much stuff to catch up on over the weekend you can go back and get any of the shows if you want to hear a show from last october go find it it's not hard very easy to do wherever you download your favorite podcasts it's there So check out this morning, a great episode of Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman as well. There's so many things that you need to listen to. And if you want to be up to date, if you want to be that guy or gal that knows everything about the Steelers, hey, you can steal from us. We don't care. So go ahead and do it. We might be original, but you don't have to be. So with that being said, let's go because it's time for some bad language. What I'm talking about this week is the fact that the Steelers are going to play a real game. Now, you might say, bad, come on. It's not a real game. It's it's preseason. You're not going to see much of anything. Oh, contraire, mo frere. This is one year that the preseason matters more than most. But the preseason officially starts on Saturday when the Steelers take on the Seattle Seahawks. So for me, it's very special. Because you gotta understand, I just told you about how the entire staff at BTSC is there all season long, all off season long, each and every day. I mean, I'm telling you, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, that rare year that there's 366, yeah, we've got that covered too. Leap year, I hear you, I feel you. we're there. And in those days, sometimes we've gotta dig a little bit. But when a guy... Comes off the street that nobody knows who he is. You think BTSC knows a lot of the times? Guys like Andrew Wobar, they know who these guys are. Guys like Matty Peveril, yeah, they know who these guys are. They know who the Master Teagues are. They know who those guys are. And if we don't know, we find out. I remember when Tuzar Skipper and Duck Hodges came along. We had a lot smaller staff back then. We had to know who these guys were. And there was a time when we really had to know who they were because people were asking us. I remember in week five of that 2019 season, my buddy who's a Broncos fan said, could you tell me what a Devlin Hodges actually is? And I'm like, well, let me tell you all about this guy. I've known about him forever. I was complaining when he was left off the roster. Most of us at BTSC were. You know, so we go ahead and research these guys. And the preseason for us is a whole lot different. When those games actually happen." The fourth quarter for most of you in a preseason game is dreadful to watch, but it's really fun for us because we get to see things come into fruition and to see if our hunches on a guy are real, if they're valid. Big Bro Sko was on with me last night on the Q&A, and he's going to the game against Seattle, and he's pumped. He hasn't seen a preseason game in a long time, and he loves preseason games. And the reason he loves preseason games is he can look at these guys that we're talking about. He can tell you exactly what's going on with a Jalen Warren. He's been talking about him for a while. He loves the idea of this guy. He wants to see him play. Some of you might know who Warren is. Some of you might not have a clue. And that's okay. There's different levels of how you pay attention to this team in the preseason. There's people that don't even turn us on. Until when camp starts, there's people that don't turn us on until September 11th when that first game is going to start. And I get that. That doesn't mean you're less of a fan, you catch up a whole lot quicker. But with us being here, we have to know who these guys are. So it's fun to look for those guys. There's certain guys that I'm looking for that I want to see all right, what's this player all about? Mark Robinson's getting a lot of press. He was a seventh round pick, but people are saying that he is really shining in camp. Miles Jack is talking about how great this guy is. But for me, I want to see what he does with pads on in an actual game. Sure, it's not the level that he's going to be playing at or against in the regular season. And a lot of these guys that we're gripping about making the roster might be gone about week six. You know, that that's always a possibility. I'm still wanting to see what Mateo Durant can do, a running back. I still want to see what some of these receivers are going to be. Kyle Kreiss and Greg Benefit call Cody White the GOAT because other players call him the GOAT. We're still not sure why, but I want to see, has he progressed? Is Anthony Miller as great as everybody says that he could possibly be as a fifth wide receiver? What about George Pickens in an actual game? What about the speed of Calvin Austin the third that we're hearing about? Mitch Trubisky says you can't cover him. No, I'm sorry, that was Kenny Pickett says you can't cover him. You know what? I think both of them said that. I think everybody's saying that. Let's see if Seattle players just wearing that Seattle jersey and that helmet, which I think is, I still think they're some of the coolest jerseys and helmets in the league. But see if they could cover Calvin Austin third. We want to see these guys get action. Of course, there's the big elephant in the room. Now, I'm not talking about the offensive and defensive lines. I want to see what the offensive line does. I want to do that. But what have we been talking about ad nauseum the entire offseason, And it's been the quarterback situation. You know, we have been talking about it because it's one of the most important things to any NFL team. It always has. It always will be your quarterback situation. The Steelers have Ben Roethlisberger for 18 years. A lot of people forget that the original depth chart is much like the 2022 20, depth chart. When you look at it, the first round pick was a quarterback and they were both originally the number three quarterbacks on the depth chart. You had a veteran in Mason Rudolph at number two. Now you had a veteran, somewhat a three-year veteran in the form of Brian St. Pierre. So when you look at it, you know, Mason and St. Pierre are, are pretty close. They're both your number twos. And then at number one, it was another veteran, Tommy Maddox. And this time around, Mitch Trubisky. That stuff changes. And I know we've talked about how Mitch has struggled a little bit starting, but it seems like he was heating up in the second week of camp. His numbers were a heck of a lot better. We heard about Kenny having trouble picking up the offense, picking up the speed of the game. Hey, you're a rookie. It seemed like he was progressing the second week. And then there was the talk about Mason Rudolph shining, being a shining star. Chase Claypool came out and said, hey, look at Mason. He could win this whole thing. He could win us a Super Bowl. He is that good. And that's a great thing to hear. It's a great problem to have a very good quarterback room. And if this turns out to be a very good quarterback room, that's not a bad thing. Now people look at it in different ways. People look at the fact that, oh my gosh, Mason is shining. Why did we waste money? Why did we waste a draft pick on other quarterbacks? But as you know, when you have a guy like Mason Rudolph, he's been around. He's been a part of the Matt Canada system for this is going into his third year in different levels of the system, but he's been there. He knows what's what's to expect. He knows the defense. These other guys don't. So when he's dealing with stuff in camp, he's going to have that edge. This is not to say that Mason can't do it. And if Mason leads your team to a Super Bowl, like we talked about last week, then you are in great shape. So there are so many things to think about here. But let's go ahead and look at the stats through the first eight practices for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And some of you might think it's telling. Some of you might be like, well, like Pat just said, they're at different levels. And so this is what we're seeing so far. Trubisky has been 45 of 80, 56.3%. 356 yards, had 7 touchdowns and 4 interceptions in drills, with 7.9 yards per catch. Rudolph, better, 52 for 77, 67.5%, 449 yards. He has 11 touchdowns, no interceptions, 8.6 yards per catch. Then there's Pickett, 38 for 61, 62.3%, 225 yards. Four touchdowns, two interceptions, 5.9 yards per catch. You could tell who the rookie is there. You can tell that Rudolph's been in the system longer. You could tell that Trubisky is learning the system. Am I making excuses? Yes, because excuses have to be made. Perspective, and you're going to hear a little bit about that from somebody else in just a moment. But perspective, you have to look at this through, not black and gold colored glasses, but with clear glasses, clear ha- clear eyes, cool hearts, something like that. That's a good show, Friday Night Lights. I like that show. Uh, I just botched Eric Taylor's phrase, but d- does that really matter? Kyle Chandler, good actor. Need to see more from that guy. So Kenny Pickett's play in the first week was kind of dreadful, but he was just figuring it out. He was only 50% passing, had one touchdown and two interceptions, 55 yards. Then week two comes, he's 25 for 35, so he's 71.4%, 6.8 yards per catch, and three touchdowns and zero interceptions. So man, he's improving across the board. Mitch also improved. Mitch has gotten more reps, and he is the number one guy, and I think that They continue to want him to be. I also, I don't think that the Steelers are going to get rid of Mason Rudolph. I think they expect to have him the entire season. But if the right suitor comes with the right package and he's playing this well, then that's a good problem to have as well. And that's something we've talked about. So yes, you've got to have perspective. And somebody that has had perspective on this has been Owen David, our friend from across the pond. So we're going to go to Blitzburg right now before we go to a break. Owen, take it away, my man.
2: Hello, Steeler Nation. Hello, behind the steel curtain. This is Blitzburg in your UK Steeler's view, your voice from across the pond. Thank you bad for having me back on. You know, guys, one thing that I think we are in danger of losing massively as a fan base is perspective. Perspective? What is perspective? Well, perspective is when you consider a situation from another person's point of view that could be very different to your own. It could be the polar opposite of your own opinion. And I think at times when it comes to this quarterback battle, Steelers Nation are in danger of losing perspective, losing all rational thought and responding with a lot of knee-jerk reaction. Why do I say this? Well, things that I've read on social media, things that I've read in on websites, things that I've read from, and heard from Steelers fans, Mitch is trash, Kenny's a bust, that was a waste of a first round pick, Mason's the QB1, why do we waste all these, this free agency money and draft capital on Pickett and Trubisky? And this is based on what? Pe- facts, real facts, or people's opinions, and people's loss of perspective and rational thought. And I think this is something that has definitely happened over these few weeks of training camp at La Trobe in Pennsylvania. You know what? We need to not lose perspective, Steeler Nation. We really need to go back to getting some rational thought as a fan base, which I know at times is hard, and we're all guilty of it, aren't we? That knee-jerk reaction when something goes wrong, bench him, cut him, get rid of him. He's useless. And we're basing these thoughts on, on football in shorts which has got a lot of non-contact and only three padded practices and no competitive games. We're basing all these opinions and thoughts solely on that. Now, Mason has been in the system the longest, so he has an understanding of the system. That's a fact. Mitch didn't play last year and is still learning the system. Is a fact. Kenny's a rookie stepping up from playing college football to NFL football, which we all know is a huge step up, isn't it? The speed of college games to the speed of the NFL game. The calibre of players you play week in, week out in the college game is a lot less than the world class talent you play week in, week out in the NFL. A league that is bringing up parity amongst all 32 teams. That's a fact. So before we write anyone off, before we anoint our new quarterback messiah, the replacement for Big Ben, We need to develop this perspective, this sense of perspective that we are in danger of losing as a fan base. We need to look at a player's whole body of work and not just a few tweets from training camp from Steelers insiders who may well be biased towards certain players. We need to look at all the evidence from training camp. We need to look at the preseason games coming up against the Seahawks, the Jags and the Lions. And once this is incomplete... Somebody much more informed and experienced than us, Mike Tomlin, Matt Canada, will anoint the new quarterback one as the Steelers' new starter. Then, Steeler Nation, we have one simple task to do. Get behind the team and support the team no matter what. That's it. Guys, please don't lose perspective. Here we go, Steelers.
0: The worst man you've
1: ever seen there I am on the subway train, the Welcome I back to Bad language from the I am Brian Anthony Davis. I am so glad to be with you on this Monday, the last Monday of no football for the Pittsburgh Steelers. yes, I know it's just a preseason game. But preseason matters. If you ask me what they've been doing in camp is just a lead up to the start of the preseason. So there was that debate and Dave Dave Schofield started this. And I really respect it because people have different perspectives on this as well. When the Steelers 2022 season starts or when the offseason ends. And it's better to look at it as when the off-season ends. And when you go ahead and look at that, you could say that, well, it ends when they go to minicamp. Or the off-season ends on draft day. Or you can say it ends when they go to camp and report to camp for the first time. And I was thinking, yeah, when they return to camp, that's it. But I really feel that the off season ends and everything starts on Saturday. This is kind of a new admission for me. I was saying a little bit before now I'm thinking, you know, it really starts with that preseason game and that's when it all comes together. I picture myself and I picture Mike Tomlin smoking a big cigar, putting the hands together doing the George Papard. Hannibal Smith from the A-team going, I love it when a plan comes together. And that is when the plan starts coming together. That's when you start seeing glimpses of everything. Do you see everything? Absolutely not. You do not. But what you see is the start of who should be there in a few weeks. Now, for the Steelers fans, and for me, I mean, I've been a fan for over 40 years. And... I have known since I was a kid that there's going to be four preseason games for the Steelers. Sometimes there's going to be five, and that's awesome. And then you get, now, the Steelers only have three for the first time in my lifetime. Three preseason games. I remember when they had no preseason games, and that kind of sucked. That really did. And that was just because of COVID. But last year they had four preseason games when everybody else had three because they had that Hall of Fame game. So the formula that they use kind of changes. It seems that you're still going to see a lot of that, a lot of guys sitting in that first week. You could always expect not to see Ben Roethlisberger in week one, and then in recent years you didn't see him in week two at all. And then he'd show up in week three, and I hated that. Tom Brady still got reps in week two. And he's like 77. You know, I always hated that in the last couple years because I believe every player needs to see game action. Now there's certain guys I don't want to see. No 22. Do not want to see one glimpse of Najee Harris, maybe for a couple series, just for him to get into a little game shape, maybe in that week three. Week three, which used to be Ben's debut, which when you saw most of the starters, you're going to see most of the starters in week three now, since there is no week four. Week four was was a, uh, a race to the 53-man roster, a race to the practice squad, or an audition to see who was going to go ahead and make other teams who could be plucked from your practice squad. You know, there's a lot of movement, man. I remember this was about eight years ago, seven years ago, maybe when the practice squad came out and you look at it and you're like, who are all these guys? Most of them weren't even in camp. And that was the year that Fitz Toussaint showed up. They almost had 100% turnover from guys in preseason and guys under the practice squad. It was really interesting. So the formula is going to change, but you have a new general manager. We obviously know that this general manager, Omar Khan, does things differently. He's still going to keep some of the same philosophies. Because when you have turnover in a position, when you're the guy that knows that you can do the job and you're behind a legend, you always say in your head, I would do this differently if I was in this spot, but I would do this the same. And that's exactly what Omar Khan is doing. I mean, there's no disrespect to Kevin Colbert. Kevin Colbert did an amazing job. But people like what they're seeing from Omar Khan, but just like the perspective that Owen talked about, There's a lot more to his body of work. You can't just judge it from a couple of months. I really think Omar Khan's going to be great. I think he's going to be consistent. I think the way, the direction that they went, having a money guy and having football guys around him was smart because you kind of have a unicorn. And I've talked about it. Omar Khan's a unicorn. When you have football guys everywhere, and some money guys in your front office helping out. That's one thing. But when you're the team with the money guy making the the decisions that still has a very good football background and has assembled great football minds around them, then I think you have that unicorn, that better situation. You have a very unique situation the Steelers continue to have unique situations throughout their entire 89-year history. Yeah, 1933. Next year is going to be 90 years. How about that? No nursing home for this 90-year-old, I'll tell you that. All I'm saying is that the preseason is a time to evaluate and evaluate smart. You might feel that you have less time. Man. Talk about you're talking about preseason formulas and I'm talking about less time. I'm talking about padded practices. Remember when the Steelers got in trouble? John Clayton outed them back in I think 78 or 79 they lost draft picks because they were doing way too many padded practices. Now, man, you can you don't have many padded practices right now. You just don't. There's a cap on them. Like there's a cap on the salary. There's a cap on everything. There's a cap on those padded practices, especially in the summer. I mean, my gosh, I go back 21, 22 years when Corey Stringer passed away. And Corey Stringer was an offensive lineman for the Minnesota Vikings. And he died in the heat of practice in training camp. Dehydrated and died. They really monitor that now. You know, that's something that they really pay attention to. And obviously, they have to. You know, that's just one of those things that things have changed. But they went balls to the wall back then. You saw your starting quarterback play almost every preseason game back then. You saw a lot of that stuff. It was really different in the preseason back then you can go to a preseason game and see a lot of stars you don't see that as much because the preseason changed just like the national football league has changed those formulas definitely change but you have the perspective to know that you have these organizations that have a blueprint and they have the progressions they know exactly day one Day six, day nine, exactly where to go. Mike Tomlin knows when to take these guys to Dave and Buster's. And if you've got a problem with that, then you don't have perspective. Because you know that these guys need that day off. I think T- Cower used to take him bowling on a day. It was a team building day. And I'm sure they look forward to that. But you know what? When they're at Dave and Buster's and they're shooting each other with a laser tag or they're playing a uh, Whack-A-Mole. Whack-A-Mole, I just played that last week with my daughter at a, at a place in Baltimore. That was a lot of fun. I wish it was Whack-A-Raven. When you're playing all those different arcade games or you're bowling together, you don't think they're talking about the team? Yeah, they're building. So when those guys go out, when you hear about Brett Kiesel and James Harrison going hunting back in the day and you're complaining about it, No, man, they need that. They're still talking business. They're still talking about what needs to be done. But that relaxation and that bonding does a lot. So when you hear those things have perspective, definitely. But what I'm going to say most about this entire thing, you just don't want to sleep on the preseason And you don't want to sleep on what's happening in training camp. But it does start now. And you definitely got to know that these guys are going to take time. And there's different levels. But they're all going to be ready when it comes to week one, no matter where they are. If Kenny Pickett is your number three quarterback week one, and he doesn't even get a helmet, don't worry. If George Pickens doesn't get a helmet week one, worry. Everybody's at different levels. If Mason Rudolph is your number two quarterback and ends up playing because he's great, that doesn't mean that Mitch Trubisky sucks. That just means that Mason went from number two to number one for a reason. That means that they see something. We had this question yesterday on the Q&A. Why wouldn't you just start Pickett now? In Big Bro Sco, Rich Schofield brought up a great point. You see what the Browns have done, how they've ruined a lot of quarterbacks over the years? And why they have that meme and the jersey that is 51 plus now? You know why? Because they rush guys. Look, I really don't want to see Kenny Pickett in against Cincinnati, New England, and Cleveland. If I have to see Kenny Pickett, I want to see him week four. When I say have to, I'm glad Kenny Pickett was the draft pick of this team. I look forward to number eight being a champion with this team. That's that's my hope. But I don't think it's going to happen right now. And I think you have to go through progressions. And I think the progression right now is Mitch Trubisky mason rudolph kenny pickett it's not going to be like that for long but trust in the process and have perspective make sure you check out btsc for all of your pittsburgh Steeler needs once again you have just listened to bad language and you know me i ain't apologizing for nothing